BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. And yes, today we have a bonus episode. My favorite thing to bring you guys is a little surprise bonus episode action. And this episode, excitingly enough, is brought to you by Nike. I am so excited and so honored to be working with Nike. This episode is brought to you by the Nike Well Collective. And let me tell you a little bit about the Nike Well Collective. So we all know Nike as the go-to athletic brand for athletes. And let's be honest, I am not an athlete by any stretch of the imagination, but I am definitely a mom who is on the go, who exercises a lot, who's living in active wear, especially because I live on the west side of Los Angeles. So I am loving Nike's expansion into the holistic wellness world. I am wearing their clothes all the time. You can see them all over my Instagram stories and a couple of their products that I'm truly, truly living in right now are the shoes. They are the Nike Free Metcon 5s. They're so comfortable. They match so well with the outfits that are also part of the collection. So I have also been loving the bra and leggings that they signed me, which are the Universal Legging and the Latte Swoosh Bra. I love like the dark brown color. I also love the pink color colors that they send me. You've got to check it out on Instagram because I have been posting all over the place and I just love that Nike is entering the holistic wellness category. I'm such a fan and I am elated that they are our sponsor for today's bonus episode and on the show today we have a solo episode and in this episode as you can tell by the title we're going to be talking about the top 10 ways that I have up leveled my life because let me tell you ever since becoming a mom and also dealing with a whole host of chronic health issues, mental health issues, and things that I have been healing from for a long time, I have had to really get my routine on lock. So things that I do to take care of myself, to take care of my body, take care of my mind, my spiritual body, my energy, my relationships, also my relationship with myself are 
super, super important to my habits and basically just to my overall life. I am also running multiple businesses, running this brand, this podcast. I've been doing that for over 10 years. And now that I have a family, and not only am I providing for my family, but I also have so many goals and visions for our life and everything we're going to experience together in this lifetime. I have had to do a life overhaul and I've been getting a lot of messages lately, I'm not going to lie, from people saying you're glowing in a different way, you seem happier, you seem more joyful, you seem like you're really healing and really in a healthy place. How do you juggle being a mom, working, holding all this space? And I want to talk about all of that in this episode today. So by no means am I saying that I have it all figured out and everybody should follow my lead. But I do feel like I have found a good groove and a good swing of things, at least for me, for my life. And I like to give this advice to people in my life, to other moms, to other people who are looking to live their best life, their most soul on fire life. And that was the original inspiration for this podcast when I started it back in 2016. So today we're going back to our roots. We're doing a soul on fire solo episode, 10 ways to up level your life. And let's get into it. I actually wrote a handy list where typically I think you guys know that I'm so off the cuff with the podcast. I like to just speak from my heart and see what comes out even with my guests. But today I really wanted to streamline things and give you guys the most valuable solo episode, especially because it's a bonus that we could ever imagine. Okay, so number one, something that has truly changed my life is hiring an alignment coach. So I had my alignment coach on the podcast recently. His name is Eric Roberts. You guys loved the episode. It was about three episodes back. He has been such an overall asset to my life, to my team, and to my overall mindset. Because when it comes to trying to juggle everything that I have going on in life right now, I have to be so particular with where I spend my energy, what I'm spending my time on, and also what I'm spending my money on. So I realized through working with Eric, because what Eric does is he will consult everything. So he looks at your astrology birth chart. He looks at your human design. He looks at your numerology, your life path number, your relationships in your life, your business. He takes it all into this holistic view and he helps you realize where you're holding yourself back and he helps you unlock your life to get to the next level. So I had to make this number one because working with Eric has totally been helping me to unlock everything to get to that next level of life. So a couple of things that he helped me realize were that when it comes to my business, I have been so averted to having a lot of structure. I have always had a huge aversion to structure because I like to go with the flow. I like to wake up every day and have a different kind of day than I did yesterday. That's why I became an entrepreneur in the first place because I love that I don't have to show up for a boss or at a desk or anything. So I've really run with that for all these years. But I also recognize that me doing that is contributing to me keeping myself small in certain areas, especially with my business. So Eric helped me realize I need some help with my business operationally, organizationally. For example, I have notoriously not been very good with my calendar. And 
I'm the kind of person who has a calendar on my computer, a calendar on my phone, and then somehow a different calendar on my computer that's not synced to the rest of them. And I will overbook myself. So on the day of anything, whether it be a podcast interview or a doctor's appointment or a social engagement, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to get to everything and trying to be on time. And also I try not to cancel on people last minute. I'm a people pleaser. So I've been lessening my people pleasing tendencies, working on my boundaries and just realizing I'm ready to up level into the next stage of my life. I'm in this stage now where I'm kind of teetering on the edge of where I've been for the last 10 years, or really, I, I guess I should say the last three or four years in my business and where I see myself going. Because where I see myself going is huge. I have always had big dreams, huge visions for what's to come in my life. And I have never had a limited way of thinking about any of that in my life. I have always felt whatever I envision, I can make it my reality and I'm going to make it my reality. And I have never imagined ever having a small life. But I also have recognized that where I am in my life now, it is time to reach the next level. Like no longer am I comfortable coasting along, doing the things I've been doing for the last several years, making the amount of income that I've been making for the last several years. It's time to really reach for more and to also know that I live in a healthy body that can do that because I've had a lot of PTSD and a lot of triggering memories from not being as healthy in my past, not having as much energy in my past. So that brings me back to number one, hiring an alignment coach, Eric. You could also hire a life coach, a therapist, anything that feels right to you. I also have a therapist, so I have my hands in multiple different pots right now when it comes to support, and that feels really good. Also, working with Eric has meant organizing my life, hiring people for my team internally, just being aware that there are so many things that I haven't wanted to look at and I haven't wanted to shine a light onto. So what I've realized in working with him as well as working with my therapist is that when there's something in our life that we're not really very happy with, it's very, very easy to turn a blind eye to it, to just coast along and continue doing it because it's hard to look at that dark stuff. You can call it the shadow you can call it things that are in the dark you can call it things that we don't want to look at things that are easy to overlook because we tend to then focus on the positive things that are going well in our life and I'm a huge advocate on focusing on the positive looking on the optimistic side always being hopeful no matter what your situation is not succumbing to your circumstances but this is really really different than succumbing to your circumstances or being negative. This means shining a light on what's no longer working. So just doing this overhaul of my life and working with an alignment coach also helped me realize it was time to hire a nutritionist. It was time to start scheduling my workouts, just scheduling my life. So my routine has gotten really dialed in which we're definitely gonna talk about. So that's number one, hiring support. 
if you don't have the means or resources right now to hire someone like a life coach or a therapist, even just enlisting a friend and having that friend be your accountability buddy would be everything. And that's part of the process because we are the sum of the people that we're closest to. I'm a huge believer in that. You can say the five people that you're closest to, the three people that you're closest to, whatever you believe in. And if you're surrounding yourself with people who are not working on their self-care game and up-leveling their life, and those are the people that you mostly spend your time with, it's going to be so much easier to justify you also not working on those up-leveling skills either. If you do feel like you're in a rut, then I would say really focus on aligning yourself with people who are also looking to grow in the same ways that you are. Okay, so let's get to number two. So number two is waking up earlier. And I touched on this a little in my last solo episode, but anybody who's followed me for any significant amount of time probably knows that I have never been a morning person. I'm a late night person. I'm a creative. So I get all my best ideas after 10 p.m. Do you know how hard it is to live in the real world and adhere to societal standards and norms when you are up really late, when your body functions on an actual DNA level better working late at night and also sleeping in and not getting online or doing work first thing in the morning? So I was able to function that way for a long time. And I'm also a really big believer that you don't have to adhere to any societal norms or standards to be successful. But because I'm a mom and because that's kind of part of this episode today, because becoming Atticus's mom almost two years ago caused me to have a lot of really positive changes in my life and to have to really look deeply and overhaul my life in these ways that we're talking about today, becoming a mom inevitably, you end up waking up earlier. Even if you're like me and you have a partner who wakes up early with your kids, there's going to come a time and a place where you're going to want to get up with your family and have that special morning routine with them. So I listened for a long time to Jonathan and Atticus waking up, having all this fun together in the morning. And I was so thankful that Jonathan took care of things in the morning, that he woke up with Atticus, that they had so much fun, and then I could step in after the early morning hours ended. But I reached this point where I had to really ask myself, do I want to be the kind of mom who is involved with their child's morning routine? Yes. The answer is yes. I wanted him to see me getting up, making a smoothie, making a green juice with him, having my coffee, doing my stretches, my journaling practices. I always had this vision of teaching my kids from the earliest age what it's like to wake up and meditate and have them see that positive influence first thing in the morning. So I enjoyed my years of sleeping in. I even enjoyed my time of sleeping in earlier this year after having a newborn. Because when we had a newborn, that just wasn't part of the picture. But I have started waking up earlier and going to bed earlier. And I will say there is something to be said for aligning your body's routine with the circadian rhythm of the earth and the universe. Because I know there's so many scientific studies about this too, but I'm just speaking anecdotally. When you wake up with the sun, and I say that loosely because I am not waking up at sunrise or going to bed at sunset. But when you roughly align your body with the Earth's circadian rhythm, you have more energy, 
you feel more of a boost. You can get more vitamin D in the morning, which is good for your hormones, which is good for your mood, which is good for anxiety, metabolism, everything else. And so I've really just been honing in on that routine and feeling really, really good about having a new morning routine, which inevitably has also given me a new evening routine. So we'll get more into the routine stuff, but I want to get into number three. Number three is huge. And number three is probably my favorite thing on the list. Number three is becoming a person who keeps promises to myself. This has been huge because for so many years, I was a person who had all of these ideas, these creative visions, these thoughts, things that I wanted to do, projects I wanted to accomplish. And I just lived as if my life was going to go on forever. I lived like I have all the time in the world. So I'm 32 right now. Maybe I'll write that novel tomorrow. Maybe I'll write it when I'm 40. Maybe I'll start doing Pilates every day when I'm 50. Just these kind of weird thoughts of like, I have so much time. So why try to do it all now? And I kind of decided, very much decided to shift that mindset this year and stop living for tomorrow and start living for today. Because the truth is nothing is guaranteed. We don't know how long we're going to be here. And I don't mean that in the way that I feel like anything crazy is going to happen tomorrow or even within this decade. I just mean nothing in this life is guaranteed. It's actually a miracle that we have a body and that we're on this earth and that we have the people we love surrounding us. Why wait until tomorrow or next year to do the things that you want to do most? So I'm no longer living like I have all the time in the world. I'm doing the things today that I previously said, I'm going to just put that off until tomorrow. And as a result of that, what I have accomplished in 2023 is miles beyond anything professionally and also like physically and actively, which we will get into than anything that I accomplished in like 2019 to 2022 combined. Now, I don't want to put myself down because I know I had a baby. I carried life in my body. I, I did some very special things in the previous years. But when it comes to professionally and also keeping my promises to myself, keeping my goals with fitness and with my brand and things that I've even been telling you guys forever, what I wanted to do this year, I have written a full-length book. I've also written a full-length book proposal, which some might say is more work and a little bit less fun than writing the book itself. I have started to create the Balanced Blonde Meditation Platform, which will be launching in October. I have grown the podcast in ways that I can't even express just being a part of Dear Media and going on camera and pushing myself outside of my comfort zone has been so positive for me and has given me such a huge reason to wake up in the morning and to reach out to people that maybe I wouldn't normally have reached out to to be on the show and just keep stretching myself outside of my original comfort zone has been so huge and has really contributed to becoming the type of person who keeps promises to myself. And also we just had our merch collection launch. That was something that I took really a lot of pride and precedence in and found the best designer to work with and have just been putting things into the world that previously maybe were just living in my journal and living in my head. And I would reach out to friends of mine who wrote novels, who wrote 
self-help memoirs. And I would kind of just say, how did you do it? How did you do it? Because I'm feeling like I'm spread really thin. I'm feeling like I lost my confidence a little bit. I'm feeling like I'm having a hard time sitting down and writing. I had so many excuses and so many reasons in my head why I wasn't doing it. Um, And they all told me the same thing, which was that there's no magic sauce other than just sitting down and doing it. I remember when I had Ryan Holiday on this podcast and I said, and he's written something like 10 books in the last five years. And most of them have been New York Times bestsellers. And I said to him, how do you do it? And he's a dad, what's your routine? And he's like, oh, my routine is nothing special. I just sit at my desk and write. And that's my priority every day. And he also walks with his family and he's an amazing dad and husband. And Something about what he said verbatim on the podcast really just stuck with me. Like he just shows up to the computer. He shows up to his process. So I became someone who shows up to my process, actually gets the stuff done that I say that I will. And the cool thing about that is that when you become someone who keeps promises to yourself, you become a more confident version of yourself. There's actually scientific studies that show if you are a person who keeps promises to yourself, your confidence levels will rise. So now when I have these new ideas for other books that I want to write, I can go into the bank of my emotional landscape and tell myself, you've done this before. You've created that routine. You've shown up to the computer or to the journal or whatever it is to write every day. You can do that again and you can tap back into that level of yourself that prioritizes the things that you want to do and that are important to you, just as you would prioritize what someone you love is asking you to do. And so for those of us with people-pleasing tendencies and background, it's really, really helpful. So that's number three. Number four, we are going to talk about movement. I mean, this is an episode in partnership with Nike. So how could we not talk about movement? Part of becoming a person who keeps promises to myself, who's shifted my routine, who's been waking up earlier, who's had more structure in my life, who's been influenced by Eric and other supportive people who really looked into my daily routine and helped me see where it could improve was being consistent with movement, which is wild to say. And I'm really kind of putting putting myself on blast by saying this. I used to be such a workout bunny. I used to run marathons. I used to teach yoga, meaning I lived in the hot yoga studio. I had no problem going to hot yoga six or seven days a week for 15 years. But after the pandemic, when everything kind of shifted with all of our daily lives, and then on top of that, becoming a mom, and on top of that, dealing with a lot of physical pain after having a baby, having sciatica, and all of these issues with my back, other things, I started to become pretty sedentary. And I will tell you, there is nothing worse, nothing worse for your physical body than being so sedentary so much of the time. And keep in mind, like I told you guys, I committed to things like writing my book, writing my book proposal, recording meditations, getting in the podcast studio, having awesome guests on the show, being on camera. All of that means sitting my butt in the chair all the time. And when you're sitting all the time and you have sciatica, you know, problems arise. So then I kind of had the same thing happen with 
like I had told you guys, I was running from writing a book for so long. Then I was in so much physical pain. I started to actively avoid any thought of exercising because I felt like it's going to be so hard now. (laughs) I'm not strong anymore and I'm having a lot of physical pain. So what kind of exercise can I get back into that's going to feel good to me? So truly, as the calendar turned January 1st, 2023, I knew I had to make a a change because I was not proud of the way that I was not being active, especially as someone who really prides fitness and wellness. And I know how important it is, not just for our physical health, but for our mental health, for pain, for recovery from chronic illness, even if it's just low impact exercise. So what I started doing every day, starting on January 1st, was I started walking on the treadmill and doing the 12-3-30, which is walking at a 12 incline on the treadmill at a pace of three miles an hour for 30 minutes. And it's hard, so you can work your way up to it. You can start at an incline of eight. You can start at an incline of five. Just do whatever works for you. I ended up working my way up and started doing that like three or four days a week and then going on lots of walks with Atticus, getting back in the hot yoga studio because that's my happy place. And then about halfway through the year, when I reevaluated, I decided to push myself further because everything I was doing was still pretty comfortable for me. Walking on the treadmill, we have a gym in our building. I wasn't necessarily like really pushing myself to any kind of brink. So I got out of my comfort zone and I booked a private Pilates session and I loved it so much that I started doing private Pilates once a week. Then I got comfortable enough to go to Pilates classes with other people. And it's crazy to say because back in the day, I wouldn't have had to work myself up from the ground level to even go to a public Pilates class. But that's just where I was at. And I have no judgment for myself about that. So started doing Pilates a couple times a week, hot yoga a couple times a week, walking. And then for those of us who have a lot going on, like being a mom and working, that's a lot going on making plans with my friends that included physical activity. So going on a hike, going on a walk, even if I go have a coffee meeting with someone, I'll say, let's take our coffees to go and go on like a 45 minute walk. And everybody usually wants to do that, especially in a place like LA. The weather is usually beautiful. Everybody is happy to get some extra movement. And that has really helped me not only become stronger and help with my physical pain, but it's just such a healthy thing to do. I think if we're going to do an episode about 10 ways to uplevel our life and make positive transformational shifts, we cannot do that without talking about physical exercise. It's so important. And I used to be a high intensity interval training girl. I'm all about the low impact now, but just find something that works for you that you can be consistent with. The next thing that I would really, really love to implement into my routine would be weightlifting. And I mean like nothing too heavy, but maybe working with a personal trainer or going to a weights class or even just using the weights in our gym and just kind of following like a YouTube workout because I know how good that is for longevity, for our muscles, for our metabolism, for recovery. I can't wait to have another child and I want to be as strong as humanly possible next time I'm pregnant because I can say the last time I was pregnant, I was not 
in my strong era, but I am now entering my strong era again, and that feels really good. So let's get into number five, eating well for my body and shifting the way that I look at food and the body in general. So something that I've done this year, which I think a lot of you have heard me talk about, is that I shifted my diet from veganism to eating a label-free diet with a lot more animal protein and just listening to what my body needs. So I would say intuitive eating, which I've always been an intuitive eater, but I was very, very much on the plant-based side of intuitive eating. But now I've really let go of labels for the second time in my life around food, veganism, and even being super opposed to things. Like I am a very holistic person. So I was extremely opposed to a ton of different things like And I still am. And I will forever be very opposed to anything that's non-toxic when it comes to food, cleaning supplies, home products, skincare, body care, anything like that. I'm always going to be militant because I know how it affects my body, my endocrine system, my chronic illnesses, all that kind of stuff. But I've opened my mind in other areas. For example, I have had horrible, horrible TMJ for years. Like it keeps me up at night. It is miserable. The pain in my jaw. I swear it affects not even being able to think clearly. And for 10 years, people have told me you should try Botox in your jaw. And I always said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I finally tried a cleaner version of Botox called Xeomin in my jaw earlier this week. And the pain has probably cut down already by 50%. And I can't wait to see if it continues to. So what I'm saying here is letting go of my rigid, militant approach to life. Like someone who would never touch a toxin that could go into my jaw. Um, And still, I support anybody who doesn't think it's the right fit for them. But when I intuitively sat with myself and asked myself, should I just try it? It's temporary. If I have a bad reaction, I'm never going to do it again. I think I'm going to go for it. And I'm proud of myself because I think stepping away from being really rigid and militant in certain areas can really help us while also becoming lightly more disciplined in other areas and more structured, like with the time that I wake up and sitting down to work on my book every day. So I feel like I'm finding a really good balance with all of that and then nourishing my body with really clean food, but it's not plant-based anymore. I'm eating all the clean meats. I'm super picky about the sources. I have a nutritionist now. His name is also Eric and he's been super helpful. I have been dealing with some abdominal pain issues and an ulcer lately. So I'm kind of not following the plan with Eric right now. But the reason I got a nutritionist was again to build muscle and to build strength and to just become the healthiest version of myself possible. And for me, it's not really about physical appearance whatsoever. It's about how I feel in my body, how my body carries me through the world, how comfortable I feel. Like, am I in pain? Okay, if I'm in pain, can I work on it? So really, really working on that. That brings me to my next one. Number six, being completely radical with my self-care. Radical and unapologetic. So I've been seeing a chiropractor three times a week, different healers, doing all my movement. I got Invisalign and I've been 
posting about that journey on Instagram. So if you're interested, you can see my highlight over there to see why I got Invisalign and how that's been going for me. The omen in my jaw, like basically all the things that for probably five years I was telling myself, I kind of want to do this. I kind of want to try this. I don't want to take the time to make the appointment and sit through this and research dentists and all this kind of stuff. I finally became, like I said, someone who keeps promises to myself and puts myself first when it comes to taking care of myself. In that way, I've become more of a yes person rather than a no person. But what I'm doing is saying yes to myself and saying yes to the things that I want to do that really light me up, that really fill me up. Like, for example, I'm going to Santa Fe this weekend. That's a bachelorette party, a trip that I said yes to, something that I probably would have said no to in the past because I would have felt guilty for leaving Atticus. I would have felt like I had too much work to do. I would have felt like I don't drink alcohol, so why would I be at the bachelorette? I just said yes because I'm going to go have a blast with my friends, enjoy Santa Fe. I've heard the best things about it. I've said yes to myself, yes to making offers on homes, even though we haven't found our home yet. But like normally I'm so like calculated and cautious and just kind of throwing it out there because if we find the house that works, why not put an offer? We've been looking for a house for all these years. Yes to writing my books, just big yeses. I would say I'm becoming a yes person in order to become of more become more of a no person in the areas where I really don't want to be. So that has felt really good. And about the chiropractor, I finally decided to get x-rays done on my back, my spine, just to see what's going on in my body. So I guess you could say something I'm really interested in right now, which even I'm realizing about myself as I record this episode, is I'm really, really interested right now in longevity and aging well and aging gracefully. And I know that I'm still young, but I do have a lot of pain and I do have a lot of baggage with chronic illness from my history. So I want to set my next 10 years up to feel as good as I can possibly feel and just stay on top of things. So being radical with my self-care, knowing that that comes before pretty much anything else. Because when I pour into my own cup first, I can be a better mom. I can be a better wife. I can be a better podcast host, all of those things. So radical with my self-care, And for you, that can mean whatever it looks like to you. You certainly don't have to see a chiropractor three times a week. That's pretty extreme, but I have a pretty extreme situation going on with my body. But maybe radical self-care to you looks like taking a bubble bath every night, committing to a five-minute meditation every morning, going on a walk after work every day. Just start small and build upon it and see how your life takes off and flourishes. Number seven, keeping my space organized. Our space is an extension of our minds. And my husband, if he listens to this, is going to leap for joy because he's been trying to ingrain this in my mind for as long as we have been together that keeping our space organized is an extension of our minds. And I did notice because I'm someone who tends to live on the messier side. I'm a full creative, right brain thinker. I'm a right brain girl all the way. And I'm pretty sure those of us right brain creatives are not the analytical, logical, organizational ones. We are the innovators. We're the ones who maybe get home and throw our clothes all over the house and maybe clean it up a week later. But of course, 
I don't want to live that way. I'm just trying to tell you how my brain tends to work. So what I really realized when I sat down to start working on my book was I couldn't think properly if I had shit everywhere in the house. Like even as I look around my room right now, I feel so at peace and so happy because it's clean because we took the whole weekend to purge our closets, to clean our drawers, to vacuum, to change our sheets. I have given away so many books because part of this job, which is a real big perk of the job of being an influencer, is I get sent so many books from different leading doctors, nutritionists, healers, spiritual teachers, but the books pile up and I've been doing this for so long that I have like, I have had stacks of books around the house. And I realized if something's going to be in my room, it holds an energy. It holds an energy of the person who wrote it. It holds an energy of the publishing house where this was created. It holds a lot of different energies. And when I looked at these stacks of books that were literally on top of my dresser in my bedroom, I saw that there were some books written by people who I don't even resonate with, who are not my favorite people, to be honest. I also have a lot of books from people who I really admire in my room, and I keep those on display because they inspire me. But I realized, what am I doing having this person's book in my room that doesn't hold the energy that inspires me, that makes me feel creative? I'm never going to read this book. I don't want to read this book. Why don't I donate it? So I started donating anything. I guess you could say I Marie Kondoed my life. I guess it's as simple as that. Anything that didn't spark joy. But beyond that, a clean space is a clean mind. And if any of my close friends or family are listening to this, they're laughing out loud because they've been trying to teach me this my whole life. But I'm really learning the benefit of that. And I would say to get to the level that I'm trying to get to in my life and the level that I do feel I'm reaching and achieving in my life now, I have to have a clean space. I cannot be derailed or thrown off by something that's in my way by something that looks really messy, something that I'm going to trip over in my room. I just can't deal with it. So that has been something that I've prioritized and it takes time. It takes like 15 extra minutes in the morning, maybe 20 extra minutes in the evening to really clean up after myself when I make dinner, etc. And it's making a really huge difference. So some of you might be listening and thinking this is the most basic thing you've ever said, and we already know this, but some of you may be a lot like me, and maybe this tip will help you as much as it has been helping me. Okay, number eight or number nine? I think we're on number eight. Reading instead of scrolling or watching TV at night. I got a Kindle. I'm so into my Kindle. I've been reading two books a week. I am so obsessed with the books that I've been reading. I've been in so many different genres lately. But the main thing that I'm saying here is that I've decided to read once it hits a certain hour of the evening, like 8 p.m., and I will not go on my phone and I will not watch TV. Now, I have some TV shows that I'm still really enjoying that kind of help me zone out, that I have fun watching with Jonathan, that make me feel good. But what I'm trying not to do is what I've done in the past where I will 
I'm a Bravo fanatic. So like be caught up on every single Real Housewives and that's my personality trait and I know all the things about it. And I still love Real Housewives and I think there is a time and a place to have a nice day in bed where you watch TV, you watch things that can just make you relax and zone out. But what I realized with my life is I I didn't feel like I had the time to do everything that I wanted to do. And then I made an audit of my life and realized, okay, well, I'm probably spending like an hour and a half each night watching Real Housewives of Orange County or Salt Lake City or Vanderpump Rules. And I love Vanderpump Rules. That will always be the exception, but it's not even on TV right now. It's off season. So shows that I was just kind of watching as like filler time because I was so tired at the end of the day, I realized if I have the brain power to do something like read a book, I would so much rather read a book right now. Maybe get in the sauna, read the newspaper. My dad is so cute. He cuts me out newspaper articles. He reads this newspaper that's actually about wellness, holistic health, and longevity. So he cuts me out all these different articles like pretty much every week. So to do things like that and to know that I have the time to do that or to call a friend and deeply connect with them or spend an hour in bed with Jonathan talking about our day and cuddling rather than plopping down and watching TV, I think has been really, really helpful for me. And this is definitely not me saying, oh my God, people who watch TV are less than because I hate when people talk that way and I don't believe it at all. I think you can be a multifaceted, very brilliant, very spiritual, very energetic tapped in person and watch whatever the heck you want to watch on TV or do whatever you want to do in your free time. But I'm just telling you for me, something that I do feel has made me more productive and also has made me sleep better at night is reading a book before I go to bed and not going straight to the TV. So some books I've been loving right now, I'm just finishing up Johnny Carson's biography written by his lawyer after he died. And it is so good. I am a millennial. So I didn't know that much about Johnny Carson. I knew that he was one of the most iconic night show hosts of our time and comedian. But I wasn't that interested in him, but I kept hearing about the book. So I decided to get it because I love a celebrity biography or memoir. And it's so well written and it takes you back to that old school Hollywood stories about Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. And I've just found it really, really entertaining. I'm also still reading as I do every morning, The Daily Stoic. That really, really sets my day off on a good tone. And I have my daily stoic journal that I start every day with as well. And I write down the things that I'm grateful for every morning, every evening. Really, it's those basic things, those simple things that can change our lives the most. And when I realize it's those simple little habits, those ways that we can shift the way that we show up to our day and our life that can transform our entire life and mindset from the inside out, that changed everything for me. So that's number eight, reading instead of scrolling and watching TV. Number nine, becoming freakishly confident in myself. Like basically just saying who the hell cares what other people think of me because I love who I am. And it sounds easier said than done. But when I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and panic attacks earlier this year, I realized that something I was really struggling with was my confidence. And 
again, I was kind of surprised about this because I feel like I've always been a very confident person. I was born wanting to be on stage. I was always the the child in school who wanted to be called on, who wanted to be the lead in the school play, who had all the friends. And I had a lot of confidence, but somewhere along the way, and I think it had something to do with Lyme disease kind of ripping my life out of my hands and my whole life getting turned upside down. And then being really, really unsure if I would have the energy to get through the day and then feeling like for a while, falsely feeling like, am I a boring person because I've been sick in bed for multiple years with a chronic illness? And am I hard to relate to? Do people not want to hang out with me? Just kind of getting in those negative thought loops that we can, especially when we're sensitive people. So I realized that my confidence had taken a hit. And when you have a podcast and when you are a public person, you do end up seeing negative things about yourself all the time. And I have a thick skin and it's something that I can definitely deal with. And I'm not sharing this for sympathy. I'm just trying to explain what happened with the whole confidence thing. I got to a place where I had seen quite a bit of negativity about me. And I had also seen all the positive things. But always human nature is you remember some of those negative things, unfortunately, quite strongly. So I would think about those things and I would just start to think like, is that true? Am I really like that? Am I this or that? I don't even want to give any any indulgence to what those things actually were. But what I did this year when I completely overhauled my life and started up-leveling in all of the ways that felt really, really right to me was that I just decided to be the most confident version of myself that I could ever be and to walk in the world knowing I'm the main character of my life. And this is amazing. I'm amazing. I know that I'm an incredible friend. I know that I love the way that I show up in the world. I know that I'm a pure-hearted person. I know that I'm a kind person. I know that I'm creative, that I'm an amazing mother, that I really prioritize my family and my husband and my friends. Who wouldn't want to love me, you know? And maybe this sounds kind of silly to hear me say it, But I do really believe that if we're struggling with our confidence and our security, the first thing we have to do is fall back in love with ourselves. So if you don't love you, it's going to be hard to believe that other people love you for who you are, even if they do. And they probably already do because we are our own worst critic. We can be our own worst enemy. But for me, that has helped me so much. And to just try to see myself through someone who loves me through their eyes. So try to see myself through my husband's eyes or Hudson's eyes, my cat. He's looking at me right now and he really wants to be fed right now. So that's going to happen in a second, Huddy. Um, But deciding that I'm a confident person. So something that was happening earlier this year with the anxiety and the panic was that I, I was really afraid to show up for the podcast and record because I felt like, I just had the negative things in my mind, negative things that people had said. And I was worried, like, what if, I don't know, what if I blank out? What if I'm not doing a good job anymore? What if, what if, what if? All these different things. And then this went on from like February until May. And it was like the fear of it rather than it actually happening. It was the fear beforehand, like the stuff that would keep me up at night. Then May comes around I went to Costa Rica, 
went through a lot of dark night of the soul awakenings there, reached the next level of myself spiritually, intuitively and beyond and decided I'm going to be a confident person. If I have to fake it until I make it, I will. And I came back and just harnessed that confidence and was able to then interview anyone from presidential candidate Marianne Williamson without even feeling a stitch of nervousness in my bones to doing these solo episodes and just knowing they're going to reach the right people at the right time. And if anybody doesn't like it, that's okay. I know, I know that people project onto others the way that they feel about themselves. So I had to get back into my own headspace and walk in the world like the confident person that I know I am. And it feels really, really good. So that is a huge up-leveling technique that I would highly recommend. If you want me to do a whole episode on it, I will. But this is our confident era, our healed girl era, our confident girl era. It is us, you guys, and we are doing it. TBB fam. And now that was number nine, number 10. This one is a little niche. So excuse me if this is not something that you're interested in. But I think because we're here on this very spiritual podcast, you just might be. Number 10 is channeling the Akashic Records. So earlier this summer, I had a night or sorry, a weekend in Topanga where I booked myself a cabin and I worked on my book. I meditated. I went through some dark night of the soul shit again. I went deeper and deeper within me. And I had some alone time for like the second time since becoming a mom. I mean, like prolonged alone time. We're talking like 48 hours or more because I get a few hours every day, which is really important. But anyway, when I was there, I was meditating and I've told a little bit about this, but I started channeling the Akashic Records and I had felt this intuitive pull to channel the Akashic Records for a long time. And years ago, I had Akashic Records readers on the podcast. And back then, I didn't feel super connected to it. But I'm talking like two or three years, I felt this intuitive pull to start channeling the Akashic Records. So I got a few books when I was in Topanga to start channeling the Akashic Records, which let me just tell you what that is for anybody who might be here wondering, what are the Akashic Records? You can imagine it like a library in the sky, in the universe, where all of our physical and non-physical memories, past lifetimes, current life before now and future now are. So basically, it's like our soul's library with time not existing. So it's believed that the records are encoded vibrationally into the fabric of space, basically. So it's kind of, you can imagine like a hologram. And if it's hard for you to believe, don't worry about it. It's, it's the same thing as when mediums channel people who've passed on or when aura readers can see the aura color around you. But what I love about channeling the Akashic Records is it's actually available to all of us. The first and only thing we have to do in order to channel the records is to believe that we can. And then there's a specific prayer, which you can find in a book by Linda Howe. She's amazing, where you call upon the Akashic Records and you will receive information from the time that your soul was created about your past lives, present situations, possible future possibilities, even 
other people if they give you permission to access their records. But I just kind of use it in my own soul for now. So I've been channeling the Akashic Records. And if I was as structured as I would want to be, I would be doing that every morning. And my goal as I get stronger and stronger with my channeling practice is to start each day opening up the records and then closing the records. And that's really positive for me because previously the way that I've channeled, I just kind of left that channel open all the time. And so I was never really protected from all of these entities and energies. And I would go to a party and feel all this negative energy attached to me after because I was so open all the time. So working with the records has also taught me to close off my energy field, at least in that way, so that I can go out in public. I can go to office buildings. I can go to bachelorette parties. And I don't have to go home wearing everybody else's energy and then having to basically cleanse it, purge it, deal with it for other people, which is part of what I signed up for as a healer and a very old soul on this earth. But it doesn't have to happen to the degree that it was happening. So that's number 10 for me with up-leveling my life and reaching the new heights and new levels of my life, shifting, transforming, and basically becoming the person that I know that I came here to be. And there you have it. That's my one through 10, guys. I know if you listen to this podcast, then you know I've never stuck to a list of 10. So let's throw in a fun 11. 11 would be I've been blogging every Tuesday this entire year. I haven't missed a Tuesday. And that has felt really, really good because I'm a blogger in my soul, in my heart. That's forever what I feel like I came to this earth to do is to express myself through writing. So to have that consistency, which goes back to number one, to have that consistency and structure and to trust it, which also has a lot to do with my life path number. I'm a life path number four. Life path fours are all about structure. You can imagine like the four sides of a square. And I was so turned off by that at first. I was like, how boring, how basic, how not me does that feel? But of course, we are what we resist and we need most what we resist most. So keep that in mind when you start to create your list. So that would be my recommendation to go home from listening to this podcast. Maybe you're already home. And tonight, write your list of 10 things you would like to do to start up-leveling your life and keep them simple so that they are promises that you can keep to yourself And please write in, tell me what they are, email me, comment on the blog, DM me, just tell me, tell me like one or two. I really, really want to know. And these are just 10 very simple but tangible ways that I've up-leveled my life. Most of them are completely free. Let me know if you try any of these things, how they work for you. And again, thank you so much to our sponsor for this episode, Nike. Thank you to the Nike Well Collective. I am loving all of their new clothes. You guys are going to be obsessed. They're so comfy. They're buttery soft. They fit so well. I love the shoes. I love the leggings. I love the sports bra. We will link everything in the show notes, but just to give you the specific names of everything, the universal legging, so comfortable. 
I'm obsessed. I love the way that it fits and I'm really, really picky with leggings. It is the new standard of smooth. I can't wait for you to report back. I have the dark brown color and it is reliable like Nike always is. I love their latte swoosh bra. It is a fierce companion for your strongest moments. It gives compression, coverage, comfort, it's amazing. Like it is the only sports bra that I will be wearing from here forward. And then the Nike free Metcon fives. They are incredible. They're designed for training, strength and versatility. I've been wearing them with my TBB merch. And let me tell you, I just love the way they look. I've been getting a lot of compliments. I also love the colors. And I just love that Nike is a source for holistic wellness guidance. They are not just for athletes, they're for everybody. And I cannot wait to hear what you think of this new collection. So grateful to have them sponsoring the show. Again, head to my Instagram stories if you would like to see me wearing the Nike collection so that you can see how they look IRL. And with that, thank you so much for being here. If you feel inspired to rate and review the show, please do and send me a screenshot so I can enter you into this week's big giveaway. Love you guys. Talk next week. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Wand and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.